Is peace plausible in marketing communications? When you see people getting attention because they do whatever they can to get people riled up, it becomes easy to assume that using peace in marketing isn't plausible, right? In this episode, we'll tackle this question and unpack seven ways that you can indeed effectively use peace in your business communications. Do you feel like you compromise your values when you write marketing copy? Does creating ethical communication strategies perplex you? Imagine the business opportunities that would open up when you take a stand to market without manipulation. Now is the time. Disrupt your marketplace by using God-inspired marketing strategies to connect with your customers. Hear how other Christ followers in business are exchanging today's hype for authentic alignment. The Joyful Communications Podcast dives into ways to communicate effectively with integrity. Here's your host, Chief Communication Strategist, Joy Caps. Since the concept of peace seems elusive these days, it's easy to wonder if it even makes sense to try to use peace in your marketing. I get it. So let's spend the next few minutes looking at why and how peace is a necessary attribute for Christian business leaders. Stick with me as we examine the power of peace, how some have tried to use peace as a strategy, what God's word says about peace, and seven ways that you can use peace in your business and marketing communications. So let's take a look at the power of peace. You know, in today's times where chaos seems to reign and agitation is what seems to get people to take action, it may appear that peace is too old-fashioned or that it doesn't wield any power at all. And I understand that completely because I've wondered the same thing too from time to time. Isn't it interesting that peace can mean different things to different people? I think ultimately it depends on your perspective and the lens that you use to view the concept of peace. Many see peace as a strategy for changing the underlying conditions that have caused a conflict. Some have written papers and produced conflict studies to uncover that the concept of peace changes throughout history as trends evolve. Some even say there are negative and positive types of peace. Imagine that. While others say that peace is not only possible in our society, it is inevitable. So let's look at the definition of peace. The Oxford Dictionary defines peace as freedom from disturbance and tranquility. And Merriam-Webster defines peace as freedom from disquieting or oppressive thoughts or emotions. Better yet, it defines it as harmony in personal relationships. Now, the common thread between these definitions finds peace bringing freedom from something. Digging further, we can find synonyms for peace that include calmness, serenity, unity, love, harmony, and agreement, which any of those can be hard to find or experience in today's chaotic world where those that are the loudest or the most antagonistic or the most sensationalized, they're the ones that tend to grab attention and create the headlines. Some report that peace builds, strengthens, and restores 
while antagonism and conflict destroy and disrupt. You know, that makes perfect sense. With those things in mind, it's easy to see how peace is powerful because it helps bring security and tranquility while avoiding anxiety and chaos. I did a quick query with ChatGPT for research on this topic, and it pulled up that the power of peace extends beyond the absence of violence. By encompassing the creation of conditions that allow for thriving, cooperation, and reaching full potential through understanding. Now, while you chew on that, let's look at another perspective that I found presented by businessman and televangelist Joel Osteen, where he says, and I quote, when you're in peace, when you choose to live from a place of faith, not a place of fear, that is a position of power. So the nuance Joel presents is if living from a place of faith, which many seem to leave faith at the door while they go looking for peace that clearly only faith and a higher power can deliver. Here's the key point. Peace has the power to help individuals and businesses handle day-to-day affairs more efficiently, confidently, and stress-free. But doing that requires establishing boundaries, prioritizing needs, discovering when to let go, and focusing on building relationships. So this leads into our second point. How have some businesses tried to use peace in marketing? The first example comes from the insurance industry. You may have seen it. You know, the Allstate commercial series that features an actor playing mayhem which we also know as the act of damage or violence, right? In all sorts of crazy yet realistic scenarios, actor Dean Winters, also known as Mayhem, builds the case why consumers need protection from Mayhem. And he concludes most scenes saying something like, get Allstate and be protected from Mayhem like me. Are you in good hands? While a bit outlandish and comical, the need for peace and for their products is driven home quite well. Another similar example of peace of mind marketing is also with insurance and the same company, and it features the deep, rich voice of Dennis Habert narrating a scene saying, most of us look at the world like nothing bad will happen. Of course, I can't do that justice. But then after he talks through the what ifs, he says, are you in good hands? Outside of insurance, we find lesser-known digital ad campaigns like the one I found for radiology that touts peace of mind because their innovative tools will increase inefficiencies and reduce turnaround times and delay diagnosis. The underlying focus of their peace of mind campaign is getting noticed quickly about whether or not you may have cancer. So it's easy to see how this campaign offering peace of mind works well. Well-known initiative or not, peace of mind is the focus of many marketing campaigns that offer ways to take charge of a wide range of problems people and businesses experience. And other businesses like insurance or radiology solve. Alternatively, some companies focus on peace because they offer a better way of life by focusing on the zen of XYZ problem or tackling a problem head-on to evoke a state of calm. No matter which way it's presented, 
marketing and sales techniques hone in on the fact that peace of mind is hard to define. But peace is a hidden benefit that everyone wants. So the easiest ways businesses leverage peace of mind in their marketing is by finding ways to showcase the WIFM. That's the what's in it for me. More recently, the unknown events of the 2020s and COVID found many businesses, politicians, marketers, and even church leaders promising peace of mind, mental health tips, and insights for finding peace. In fact, many use the problem of isolation as a pain point and a selling point for their products and services. During the recent isolation journey that we all experienced, Companies like Procter & Gamble promoted their stress ball gumdrops with implied peace of mind to, quote, turn the stress life into your best life. Similarly, dietary supplement company Nature's Bounty offered customers the opportunity to, quote, find peace with their stress comfort gummies. And and how about this one from Calm? It's a, a meditation and sleep app. They spent an estimated $15.6 million on commercials over five months promoting what? Rest, sleep, and you guessed it, peace of mind. While it may be easy for some to overlook peace of mind as an emotion or tactic used in sales and marketing, these examples show many businesses that have certainly risen to the occasion. Now that we've established the power of peace and business use cases for promoting various forms of peace through marketing communications, let's take a look at what God's word says about peace. What is interesting is the ultimate how-to guide that I call the, that's what I call the Bible, has a lot to say about peace. Depending on the translation and commentary that you read, you can find peace mentioned in the Bible between 239 to 429 times. So peace must be important, right? If we dig a little deeper, you'll find that the New Testament shows peace used in five different ways. So peace is used as the absence of war or chaos. Peace is also used as a right relationship with God. Peace is used as a good relationship among people. Peace as an individual virtue or state of tranquility or serenity. And then peace is part of a formal greeting. As valuable as genuine peace is, the Bible also cites many times when empty promises of peace were used to manipulate people to do things. For example, in Obadiah 1.7, we find deceitful men speaking words of peace while secretly planning evil. And Daniel 9.7 describes how the Antichrist will produce temporary peace and then reveal his true colors. Ezekiel 13 unpacks how false teachers proclaim peace when God is actually proclaiming judgment. (laughs) These biblical examples aren't just from days of old because we see people using peace in similar ways in today's life, business, marketing, news, politics, etc. While there are many stories of both good and bad applications of peace, the key for Christian business leaders is to remember that God instructs us to seek peace in everything. Here's a couple of verses you might want to look up. I'll put these in the show notes. Psalm 34, 14, Matthew 5, 9, 
Romans 14, 19, and Romans 12, 18. And that peace that we are instructed to use in everything includes our marketing communications. With that understanding in mind, how can peace be used authentically in your business and marketing communications? Well, let's start by reflecting. Evaluate what you've already been elevating through your business by answering this question. Are you promoting peace or conflict through your business and through your marketing communications. I mean, pause to really think about that because you could be subtly using conflict as a way to get people to do things. Now, if you find elements of conflict running through your business, especially your marketing communications, take steps to eliminate the conflict and replace it with peace. You'll do this by either reviewing what you have and revising it or reviewing, removing, and starting over. As you evaluate what's happening in your life and business, it makes sense to look at how others are using peace or not. A quick look at wars and battles that are happening around the world right now, or even the political landscape and news outlets today, make it easy to see a cast of characters who are making a huge profit off of getting people riled up. Instead of promoting peace, they're promoting conflict. Now, some do this loudly and proudly, while others do so subtly and covertly. Why? Because people feed off of conflict like blood in the water with sharks. They're drawn to the negative and get wrapped around the axle for a cause or a product before they realize that conflict has been used as a hook to get them to do things. As you and I've heard many times, war and conflict are indeed moneymakers. That approach tends to work for those without a conscience or moral compass. If you're listening to this podcast, that does not describe you. But as a Christian business leader, instead of pulling on those threads, I want to encourage you with seven different exercises that you and your team can easily do to use the power of peace in your communications. We'll walk through each one right now. Okay, here's the first one. I call it showcase peaceful attributes. Now, what you're going to do is write out the benefits of your solutions without any nefarious or sensationalized tales. Then I want you to write five to 10 different ways that your services or solutions demonstrate each of these seven peaceful characteristics, success, fulfillment, harmony, security, well-being, freedom, and value, all of which are present with a spirit of peace. Now, be specific and write out how and why your solutions deliver each trait. Then review the variations and pick out the best ones to weave throughout your business. Okay, let's move to exercise two. I call it problem solution. Now, what you're going to do is open up a document of any kind and make two columns. 
on one side, write down all the problems your ideal client has that your solution solves. And on the corresponding side, list the ways that the solution will peacefully solve that problem. Now, let me put an emphasis on peacefully solving a problem because your approach is everything. Why? Because many businesses will pressure you into using their product or solution to get results fast, or they will try to make you feel like your world will not be okay or normal unless you hurry up and use whatever it is they're selling. Notice how there is no peace in that approach at all. So make sure you're emphasizing the ways your solution peacefully solves a problem. Okay. Exercise three, I call it positive transformation. Simply said, you write out all the ways that your business offers positive transformation. Those transformational points are going to create a feeling of peace that allows your customers to sleep well at night and eliminates any anxiety they may feel. But here's the thing to remember for any of these exercises. While it's easy to make these things up or make it sound good, joyful copy, joyful communications, it's always authentic, genuine, and real. So make sure whatever you're saying brings peace is actually true. Okay, let's move to exercise four. I call it peaceful urgency. You know, as I ask the Holy Spirit for guidance on peace and business and marketing communications, I hear loud and clear that high pressure sales and false deadlines or fake scarcity tactics are not creating peace. If anything, that approach creates conflict and stress. While peaceful urgency may sound like an oxymoron, it is indeed possible to do this. Some of the ways to do that in your business and marketing comes by making your deadlines genuine and non-movable. And if you're pulling on a thread of scarcity, make sure it's real. For example, if you say there's only X number of seats for a particular event or workshop that you're giving, then you better keep it at that number. Don't put a countdown timer that says there's limited number of seats or the doors are closing and at a certain time, and you don't want to miss out when you know that you can and probably will add more seats and or move the deadline for the door closing. Even if no one outside of your business can see what you've done, God knows. And that approach, my friend, is underhanded and definitely not aligned with God's word. You know, peaceful urgency can be found in the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Remember John the Baptist? He was a desert nomad. He looked rough and gruff, but he had an urgent mandate. Time was drawing near because the king was coming. The Messiah was coming. He was talking about Jesus who was about to arrive on the scene. Now, John did not use manipulation or hype. He simply told it like it was, but he emphasized the urgency authentically and peacefully. In your business, you too can show peaceful urgency for whatever you're selling, as long as it is void of hype and manipulation and stress and conflict.
Okay, we're in the home stretch. Let's look at exercise five, offering peace and chaos. You know, in today's crazy chaos-filled world, people are hungry for solutions and products and services and things that can help them experience peace. So for every solution your business offers, consider asking these six questions. One, how does your solution streamline or simplify something? Two, what features of your solution can contribute to your end user's peace and how does it do it? Three, what customer story illustrates how your solution brought your customer's peace? Four, how does your solution manage time or reduce stress? Five, what features, if any, cultivate relaxation or mental well-being? And then how does it do that? And then six, does your solution offer peace of mind? If so, how? Okay, now that we've dealt with offering peace and chaos, let's look at exercise six, which is really self-application. I want you to consider ways to bring sanity and peace to your business life. For example, if accounting and math aren't your sweet spot, then hire a bookkeeper or accountant to help you do that work. If making sales or creating marketing strategy and content or a chore that you'd rather not do, well, hire someone that can generate sales for you or teach you how to sell. Or hire someone who can do the communication strategy and writing for you. Here's what I know to be true. Hiring the right support person will bring you peace. Okay, here's the last exercise in this lineup. Exercise seven, show understanding. You know, showing understanding works well in all facets of life, but especially in business, sales, and marketing. You do this by showing empathy for your employees, your customers, and your prospects. Showing your understanding of what your target audience or the group that you're addressing or collaborating with is walking through. That one technique alone, provided that it's sincere and authentic, will create meaningful, peaceful connections that help people remember you. And when the time is right, they will buy from you. You know, we covered a lot in those seven exercises. And my recommendation is this. Don't try to implement them all at one time. Take one exercise and work your way through it and then move to the next one. Now, clearly, it is plausible to use peace in business and marketing. The question is whether we will make the choice to incorporate it into what we do. Eleanor Roosevelt put it this way. She said, it isn't enough to talk about peace. One must believe in it. But it isn't enough to believe in peace. One must work at it. As a Christian business leader or marketer, it would be much easier to stir the pot to get the attention of buyers, especially living in today's polarizing climate where poking others draws the most attention. But you and I must intentionally take a stand to weave peace into everything we do. And in doing so, whatever we do will shine brightly in the noisy sea of chaos and agitation that exists everywhere we look. 
I hope you found this episode on peace insightful and thought provoking, as well as encouraging with the steps for how you can showcase peace in your business communications. You know, some of the content for this episode about peace came directly from my book, Joyful Copy, How to Show Up in the Marketplace Ethically and Authentically, which is available at most online retailers. Now, in our next episode, we're going to dive into the concept of patience. I can't wait. (laughs) Pun intended. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you want God's best for your business and marketing communications? I'm serious. Are you tired of spray and pray marketing? Are you weary of the subtle manipulation and hype that creeps in without you even realizing it? Perhaps you need a game plan with a fresh perspective that is designed to align with the teachings of the Bible. If you answered yes, now is the time for you to plan joyful communication strategies for your products, services, and solutions. Sign up for a spirit-led strategic marketing communications planning session today. Together, we will uncover what is possible for your offerings and map out some outcome and process goals for you and the communication strategist you hire to work with you. Learn more at joycaps.com forward slash strategic hyphen plan. This wraps up the seventh episode of the Joyful Communications Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or have feedback, feel free to reach out to me at joy at joycaps.com. Better yet, I'd love it if you'd share this podcast with others and consider giving me a review and rating. Now, never miss a show by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, be blessed.